Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sweeney Family 2020. We got a new car. And by new car, I mean a fancy 2016 used Chevy Colorado with a sweet financing deal because of quarantine. I couldn't tell that I thought it was brand spanking new. Like it's it's a beauty. And can I say that that is the truck that every man dreams of? It's got every bell and whistle on it. It's like got the wider wheels. It's got a little lift to it. It's got like a fancy like lettering package on the side. Yeah, it sounds like a dating profile. But seriously, when my <laughs> when my husband drove up, I was like, you might actually get some action tonight. Because might I just remind you what my husband has been driving for the last decade. And here's the truth. It's not the car that I have a problem with. The car has been fantastic. I I love this car for how good she's been to us. I feel bad that she's been with my husband for 10 years. I, I, I literally feel bad for her. We drove a 2007 RAV4 with a spoiler. Uh, and my husband treated it like he was one of those people that live in like a small space. You know those shows that are like small spaces. Hey, check oh, yeah. out my glove compartment. It's also a hot plate. Yeah, there's like, a loft above the passenger seat absolutely. for a, a sleeping nook. Yeah. And that's what my husband did. And so he transformed this very sweet little family car into a man den that in the console was all of his paperwork. Like literally our tax returns are filed in his console. If you open <laughs> the back, there are two shower caddies in the back. I'm not kidding. With suction, you know, the little, the little Wait. suction cups that you put yeah. on the side with like shampoo bottles and the whole thing smells like a gym bag. So I don't know if he's like, like homeless guy showering after <laughs> the gym outside of his RAV4. She doesn't deserve that. I, like, I you got to back this up. He's got shampoo and conditioner suction to the window of his car on the right side jen and on the other side is car cleaning materials so they're one side he's gonna condition and shampoo or shampoo and condition and Does the other have, side like, a he's, travel shower with he, him? I, I, that's what i'm shower? saying i think if i look and then we looked in okay so we were getting the car ready to trade it which we didn't so we still have it and we were unpacking the car and he goes oh i forgot about my secret space so he opens this part for the spare tire, which there is no spare tire because we've had the car for so long, we actually use the spare. So he opens this den of confusion and inside of it is like CDs. It's, it, it doesn't even have a, what it is a whole 
And it's like the saddest, it's the saddest stack of CDs you've ever seen. He's the only person I know with a stick CD, honest to God. He's got, it's all like Zeppelin and sticks. All of it is a beckoning. Well, they making like CDs after Third Eye Blind or something. So you're really dating yourself if you've got (laughs) a stack of CDs in your car. He had a pair of brand new spin shoes, literally have never been worn. (laughs) I I was like, like, where are you going? like that. I know it's like, like it's a like, giant mom bag on wheels that it was packed to the gills with like the saddest paraphernalia I've ever seen. Men do that though, because my dad, like when he passed away and we had to like get everything out of his car, like this could have been like an all-terrain combat vehicle with what he had in there. Like he was ready to take this thing into Nam or something. And and I kept finding cash stashed everywhere in it. Like I found like 2,700 bucks in cash stashed all over this minivan that was not even worth half that much. Holy like it, crap. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you just take the van with that cash and get a better van? Well, like, that's what I was worried about with my with my husband's car. I go, hey, before you go trading that, make sure that you don't have our kids' birth certificates under the wheel well or something. Because like, <laughs> I feel like he's got like a parakeet in the back or something. I don't know. There's all these secret compartments that he forgot about. And also there's the booger seat. And I'm not dealing with that at all. I said, you go get that sucker Uh, detailed because I know what you do when you drive. I know what you pick and I know where you wipe it. Now you go get that Uh thing detailed, which is just the most disgusting thing. Again, I'd like to write a letter of apology. Okay. So when you go, you're like, oh, it's got power seats. Nope. Huge hard booger. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing though. Like your husband was so happy driving that car and men are two ways. Either they have to have a really nice, like, fancy car that sort mm-hmm. of, like, defines them, or they just don't care. And we grew up with cars where nobody cared. My dad drove cars into the ground. Like, please, please tell me about the car you had. I don't want to bring up a, a sad time, but it makes me laugh really hard when you talk about your parents' divorce. Is that a weird okay. thing to say? I have said before, and I stand by it, that I feel like this station wagon that we had was like a major piece of their divorce, their like marital marital disagreements, all like centered around this Dodge Aspen, which I don't know if anybody remembers that. Somebody had, like everybody had some version of this. It was like, I think it was like a 1978 or something. And There was a Plymouth version, the Plymouth Volare, which is funny because my husband had it. It was like the sister, you know, like the same auto family, which is hilarious because both of our dads are really cheap. They bought the exact same car, just like different makes of that car. Amazing. But like the second it was driven off the lot, it was the most unreliable car ever. And my mom had two toddlers and she's like at the grocery store stranded like all the time. and. It, it like wouldn't get her out of the parking lot all the time. And it was only three years old. It's not like it was a hundred years old. It yeah. Was a brand new car and it didn't work. It was I, like, know, I think there is some thought to like, hold one second. Is, is that our children jumping on whatever furniture we told them to? I don't know how much you can bribe your children to be quiet, but whatever we gave them, which might've been a Walt Disney world vacation is not enough. Please don't yell at them. We're rolling. Yeah, ours, ours is, they're going to come in any second for sure. They're, well, I got to tell you, we've had them upstairs 
And sidebar, they're they're what the stuff they're watching right now. It's like we're in the dark. We're in the dark zone of of choices. They're into these weird like anime cartoons. And the truth is, oh, I yeah. can't care right now. But anyway, I like no. Mine are getting dumber. I understand. <laughs> it is not what I intended as a parent, but they are watching some really dumb stuff. And you're like, okay, well. You've earned this. You did homeschool for the day, so you can watch We garbage. did part homeschool for the day, if I'm going to be honest. I was like, I just need you guys to watch your screens for three hours <laughs> while we record a podcast. See. See, look at fair. that. Yeah. Um, back to your car. Okay. We were talking about cars breaking down. But there, I just – it's so funny because I think there is some idea in your head that, like, if your car is cheap but it drives you at all, you've beat the system. Yeah, you're like, getting away with something. Exactly. Yeah. I have a friend who – now he does so well. He's like an environmentalist. He's like makes a ton of money do, working for like he's an attorney. And he bought the Subaru. The yeah, Subaru. Sorry. Yeah, Outback. He, he bought a Subaru Outback. This thing looks like it was made in 1981. And he bought it for <laughs> 300 bucks when he moved to LA. He's still driving it. He goes he every winning. time. Yeah, every time he gets in it, he goes, I feel like I've beat the system. And I'm like, yeah, but no one wants to bang you. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. There's some weird hippie chick with like a serious back tattoo that is just looking for that guy. She's like, you know what? He's married and they have beautiful children and she's really cool and she was a rockette. So she likes to bang him and he's pragmatic. So there's, there is something to that, but like. That worked out as well as it could for that guy, honestly. It really, I mean, (laughs) and and he prefers a bike. So I just feel like, you know, this is a lost conversation on him. But I do think it's okay to say, like, for me, I am kind of a car junkie. I'm I'm a little bit of a gearhead, not a ton. And I think you're the same way. Like, I think we know more about cars than maybe most women, but probably more than a lot of dudes. For and, sure. And I think that for me comes from the fact that my dad owned a small car dealership and was a car dealer my whole life. And <laughs> Yeah, you can't not know. He's going to come home and talk at dinner about what his day was like in the uh, hang yeah. around brown Buick Regal that's on his lot for the last a- six months. Just Absolutely. And not only that, I'm going to talk about that Buick Regal and then I'm going to talk about a sweet interest rate that he should be like trying to pick up. <laughs> so like very fun conversation for a nine-year-old to be like 4.2%. So good luck and price. All right. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Well, we, I just feel like like for some people though it's embarrassing like what do you I mean well i felt like it was embarrassing to have this car i mean yes smart people drive a car that's way less than they can afford that's what smart people do but right. you still want a car that this Dodge Aspen was held with like some sort of like metal duct tape like the hood like it started rusting like the second it was driven off the lot like it was so my brother and i used to be so embarrassed by it. We were like, this is the herpes of station wagons. <laughs> but how like, do you think it paralleled your parents' divorce? Well, okay. Let me tell you what I remember about it, though. Okay. I don't know how much of the aesthetics of the car actually looked like my parents' marriage, but the sadness of it is probably the same. Like this, okay. <laughs> it had wood grain paneling, not not real wood grain. It was, it was like this fake blonde and it was like peeling sort of like contact paper that went down the side of the car basically. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The rest of it was maroon. Like the paint was maroon. The carpet was maroon. The seats, dash, everything. And it honestly, it started like peeling 
when we drove it off the lot and like the the part that like went around the the wood paneling would come off and just flap on the freeway like if you got up going like 40 it would be like like i've never even heard heard of a dodge aspen just so you know i've you know like they say the yugo is the worst car ever made i've never even heard of the dodge aspen Oh, I think is that a, du- is it a van? It's a station wagon. It's a, I got a picture of it. I'm going to show you oh, a picture. I'll put of it, it on the I Mom So Hard podcast on Instagram, so it's, you can see it. But yeah, luckily photography was really grainy at the time, so you can't see exactly how terrible it is. But you can see that I have my aunt Karen's haircut, which is nice. So, but I think it was designed to look like um. You know how rich people would like take their like Jeep Wagoneer to ski trips and stuff? Like they're big, like boxy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, SUV. I didn't know any of those people, nor I, I mean, it looked good in magazines when I was at the dentist's office, but I, I don't know anybody that actually had that situation. We, I, I knew some people that they had that nice car and this was like the poor man's version of that car. Like it was, it was no good. And so- I, plus, it was probably like rear wheel drive. It never would have made it up over like a speed bump. There's no way it could have gone up, taken you to a ski chalet or something. It was like, it was not structurally designed for speed bumps. Okay. So the, I remember the wood grain paneling being hideous. And it was one of the first like cars that had s- child safety locks. It was like back when in the 80s when they were like, we should start worrying about the safety of kids like they were hinting at. <laughs> yeah. Keep them in the car, but don't require seat belts. Just lock them in so they don't fly out. No, it was literally like the car seat. The car seat that we had, which your mom just held you most of the time. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, should- we did, the, the Hensley family did not have the old car seat. Oh, no. It looked like uh, a piece of Tupperware with a coat hanger through it. It was like, <laughs> it would not. You're like, your arms are allowed to, like, there's nothing that's going to be stopped nothing. in the event of like, an accident. It was like a, a wrapping bow that like held you in supposedly, but it did have these child safety locks that I'm telling you Houdini could not have broken out of because it had, <laughs> they were like the pull-up kind, but you had to like stick your tiny like fingernail in to like pull this pe- like piece of metal out and then pull up on it. And guess who the only people were who could get these open? My parents couldn't. You and Jeff. Yeah. You and your brother. We were the only ones. Yeah. My parents would like make us crawl through the front seat into the back to get in and out of this car because the child safety locks were so impossible. Like, and then what? Oh, sorry. I was going to say my, (laughs) my parents used to say my dad would get like inconvenienced by safety guidelines. So he'd be like, (laughs) he'd be like, hey, Kristen, just get up on here. Get right on the console. I can, I have vivid memories of being in my dad, being my dad's car or truck or whatever dealer car he was driving. And I would literally sit on the console when I was like very little and we would just have the best time. I'd have my hand on his shoulder. We'd be singing a little (laughs) Dwight Yoakam together. Jump on the CB dad. Yeah. Yeah. When he's not looking, I'm jumping on the CB, seeing what, what the streets are like out there. Like just having a sweet time. There was zero regard for safety because I remember we had a conversion van. My grandparents did for sure. So whenever we go on a road trip, my brother and I would fight to be the one to stand between the two bucket seats because it was like right next to the air conditioner. And then when they did stop fast and you like plowed into the (laughs) eight track with your face, they'd be like, see, 
Yeah, should have been holding on. Yeah, you should have <laughs> hold on. You should have held on to the seats when we were stopping at sixty miles per hour. <laughs> There's no physics involved in that. <laughs> you can't stop. Well, the locks on this car too. These like child safety locks were so unsafe. Like the entire mechanism didn't work. That I remember, if it got cold enough and they would freeze. It would freeze so that the doors would just like swing open when you went around a corner. So my mom would be like bringing four or five kids to carpool. And we just had to like hold on in the middle, like the middle seat of the car because the doors would fly open on like an icy day. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Kristen. Yo, Jen. As you know, we both, uh, we'll talk about on the show, we spend a lot of time in the car with our kids. We're currently California moms and all the driving that goes along with that, that's a lot of driving. It's a lot of driving. Yeah. We're either at school drop-off, pickup, weekend trips, doctor visits to soccer. You're going somewhere. You're always in the car. There's weekend trips. There's club sports, whatever it is, it usually hours has a driving requirement. Upon hours and sometimes good ones and sometimes not so Uh-huh. And ones. sometimes there's other ones. Yeah. Well, we've all been there. I know for my gang, one of the hardest parts in my car ride is deciding what we're going to listen to, like something we can all mm-hmm. agree on. Like no judgment here, folks. A lot of parents have basically surrendered to AirPod life. As long as you don't hear F-bombs, you're like, whatever. I know. It's just easier. I get it, but... Right. We want to tell you about a new podcast called Wild Interest that has something for all of us, even me, so we can all enjoy listening together as a family. Wild Interest? What's that about, Let Jenny? Let me tell you. It's hosted by kids. And the shows are about whatever the kids are interested in. So great. Like anything from science to history, interviews with NFL quarterbacks. I'm into that. And they mix in jokes, riddles, fun. That sounds fun. I know, right? It's very fun. The best part is the hosts are my kids' age, so they can totally relate. That's very cool. I can't relate, but I'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Because they're enjoying it. That's right. Give it a listen. You won't regret it. You'll learn something and your kids will love it. Find Wild Interest anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Kristen. Oh, man. We're heading into spring cleaning. We're heading into spring everything. And I couldn't be more excited to talk about bowl and branch to boot. What makes you feel like fresher and lighter than a good night's sleep on nice, clean, super soft, luxurious sheets? Nothing. I mean, Bowl and Branch brings it. And I don't know what magic they have in these sheets, but they get softer as you wash them. And I honestly, there's nothing I enjoy more than knowing at the end of the night, I get to pull back my comforter and just squeeze into this delicious bed that feels like it's someone giving me like a horizontal high five. That sounds sexy, but so are Bowl and Branch sheets. It's true. It's You can feel the quality immediately. Immediately, okay? That's right. I'm telling you, if you don't think that we know what we're talking about, there have been thousands of positive reviews. They're the best-selling sheets. They feel incredible on night one, and they get softer with every wash. They feel buttery soft, even super breathable, so they're perfect for warm months ahead, and they are loved by millions of sleepers. Get this. There are over 11,000 five-star reviews. Yeah, they're 100% organic cotton, and they're completely free of toxins. And I feel like you can tell. You're going to be able to tell right away. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month if you don't love them, but you will. You can send them right back. 
Here's one thing I'm going to tell you that's really fun is we are renew we are redoing my daughter's bedroom. We're switching bedrooms for her. So she has a big girl Ooh. bedroom. And the first thing we're going to do is get some bowl and branch sheets so she can every night feel very special getting into her bed. I really just hope that it also helps her want to make her bed. But look, as long as she sleeps in that delicious thing, that's all that really matters. You know, you can also get her uh, a bowl and branch blanket now that they have. They're like these cloud-like duvets, fluffy pillows, Mm. so many more things. She's very, very lucky. And there's all sorts of colors and there's all sorts of prints and it's just very beautiful. And it really does feel like you're doing yourself a real favor. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code hard at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code hard. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey. Man, in those Nebraska icy winter days, that's the thing. Midwest moms, there's like, there's a tough there that like, it's hard to explain. But I can remember so vividly, like being, I think I was all of five and we had like a totally normal car. And my mom would drive out to Sydney to see her mom, which was like a seven hour drive, six hour drive. And it was me and my brother in the back seat, and she would fold the back seat or she would, you know how the wheel wells, like you put your feet down and then there was the hump in between. Oh, she yeah. would fill those spaces so that it was like a giant mattress in the back. And I remember that her biggest challenge was to make it so you couldn't feel the seatbelt locks. So she's, she's like, they're uncomfortable. she's like, those aren't comfy. So she would make it like all cool. And I remember we were coming back from Sydney one time in this old car. I can't remember if we hit the ditch or if the car died, but I remember my brother was two. I was five. My mom was, I don't know, 18. No, I'm just kidding. She was just so young. <laughs> and she, and we had to walk in a blizzard and flag down a guy so we could go to a local gas station to get home. And I remember thinking it was the greatest adventure of my life. And here's the thing. I don't remember my mom like being hysterical. I think my mom was kind of like, oh man, this is what happens in a blizzard. You just take your two kids into the elements and then you wave down some driver of a truck and he takes you to the nearest Casey's. Okay. So she was mad at the blizzard. My mom was mad at my dad. Like (laughs) this was like, she cursed this car so much and wanted a new one. And like, he was just so cheap. He didn't want to get one. And so it was like, I'm sure it was like listed on their divorce filing, like the paperwork (laughs) that they had to turn in because the, okay. It wasn't just that it was like awful when the weather was like super cold because, you know, Nebraska's got those like mood swings of of the seasons where it's like 110 degrees and then like so hot and so sticky and you like drive and grasshoppers are getting like smushed. Yeah, it's like the whole state's on menopause. Yeah, you got to like use your windshield wipers because there's so so many. It's so gross. It's so true. And they like leaves guts on your window. It's the most disgusting. disgusting. And the the front just gets splattered. Oh, and the grill. Yeah. You got to use like a brush to get them off. But it had like – this car had a vinyl like faux leather seats that were burgundy with like buckles to make them look like a – Oh, yeah. Like fancy. Yeah, like luggage. Oh, that's – yeah, exactly. Like a cool – yeah, like I get a, it. A trunk of some sort. Like, and when you sat on those motherfuckers, they were I remember like I I have such a sense of memory of putting the back of my thighs onto oh. those in the middle of the summer. Like it 
like you would drop to a knee. It would hurt so bad. It, you just like piercing scream. It would be so bad. Like it was horrible. But it, and it was just like so cheap that the air conditioner like never worked. It was like, God love Detroit and American made cars, but this was the shittiest car. I was like, can you guys just buy a Toyota? Like, but we had a Datsun that we drove for like 500,000 miles, a Datsun B210 or something. Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty sweet. It had those like wooden ball seat covers on it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think some of those old cars are are tanks and they're meant to be driven. Okay. Uh, two, here's two more things though that I did. That car was not a tank. It was not meant to be driven because it would die so much and we would take it on long road trips like family vacations. Oh no. And I remember we took it to those Wisconsin Dells. And the reason I remember it so vividly is that I'd just gotten this new like lightweight pink windbreaker with or it was white with pink trim. Oh, and I cute. got to pick it out. I loved it so much. And we brought it because we were by the water and it might get cold at night. So we went to like some fish and chips place for dinner and then go out to the parking lot and the car won't start. The stupid Aspen, Dodge Aspen wagon won't start. And we had to walk back to our motel and I Oh, I bet your mom's pissed. Oh my God. The whole time she was fighting, like, I remember my brother and I walking up ahead so we didn't have to like listen to him. And I was dragging my wrist along this like chain that was in front of this used car dealership. And the whole like arm of my coat turned black from like (laughs) the chain. And of course- it was the 80s. You didn't get a new coat. You just had a messed up coat for three years because it like you got it two sizes too big. Yeah. So I just had like one really janky arm and this car was the reminder of it. And then so we're – I think – I can't remember if it was that one or if it was like when we're in South Dakota because those are the two vacations you go on when you're yeah. from the Midwest. Yeah. South like- Dakota, Wisconsin Dells. Wherever you can go to a creepy putt-putt place and – and and talk with strangers at their campsite. That's that's pretty yeah. much the the oh, Hensley version of five star travel. There's a corn palace there. Well, we'll go. That sounds. I had irritable bowel syndrome one summer, and <laughs> I'd rather not go through that again. Well, so I remember. I'm pretty sure it was South Dakota. Might have been Wisconsin Dells because we're staying at this like motor lodge place that had like these little cabins and. We were so cheap that my mom would always check the beds for fleas, not even bed bugs, because nice hotels get bed bugs. We would have to check the bed for fleas, we would say, and because we always brought our dogs, which is what classy people do. Uh, and I remember there was like a pool in the middle of the parking lot, and my parents were having this horrible argument. My dad was like, let's go to the pool. So we get in our suits, and my dad and my brother and I go out to the pool, and we're in there for like 20 minutes. And then we hear the Dodge Aspen wagon because it was so freaking loud, the engine oh, over. no. And we see my mom like driving through the parking lot, like angry, like her hair up in a bun, not even looking towards the pool. And it was like so ominous. I remember I was like, dad, is she coming back? And he was like, yeah, she's. Calm it. Like he didn't believe him. Like it seemed like that was He's it. Like, that was TBD. Be- TBD. Like that my final memory would be of my mother like in this wagon with like blown struts and shocks like bobbing up and down out of this like shitty motel parking lot. Oh, no. 
And she did come back, but then they like got divorced and it was such like, they fought about this car so much. Isn't that weird that this car becomes this like talking point for a divorce? I think at that point you're like, I just want something that you want. It was that neither one of them would budge. It was like, she was not going to drive that car. She didn't want the car. And he was like, I'm not going to give up on this car, which was a really, it was a really stupid idea. Because it was such a terrible car. Well, let me just say this. If I ever get divorced, and I don't want to get divorced, but if I ever get divorced, my husband can freely and happily have the RAV4. The RAV4 was like the Bugatti of cars next to this station wagon, little Kristen. Like, my just before we got the new car, we get like upgraded to an Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. I'm familiar. There, I've sold a couple in my day. It felt like the fanciest car you could ever have. But before that happened, we were driving out of the Kmart parking lot, my mom, my brother, and I, and she hit a pothole, and all of the hubcaps flew off. All of them, all four of them flew off. And I remember because I had to race across the parking lot to go retrieve two. And my brother (laughs) had to get the other two because we were going to trade this in, try and trade it in for something. Oh, no. It was awful. But I bet you had like the pick of the litter because your dad sold cars. So you could have just that's what I That's what I think I should have had, Jen. Thank you for bringing that up. You should have. No, I did not. Let me explain something to you. Dewey Hensley Motor was the name of my dad's car dealership. Nowhere in that title was the word Mercedes or Lexus. <laughs> okay? If there was if there was a Buick or some version of a old like Chevelle, my dad sold them. And here's the thing. I My dad would say, he'd go, hey, Kristen, go ahead and drive this car to school and back today. And I would think, oh, that's fun. It's a different car. I'll drive that to school today. And then it would would break down and he'd be like, yeah, I just needed to see what needed to get fixed on it before I put it on the lot. And I was like, I'm just wondering at what point I am a factor in this car. The fact that I'm in there. And I honestly didn't care because against that Midwest attitude, you're like, so uh, I'll go to the neighbor. I know everybody. I'll go knock on their door and they'll, my dad will come pick me up, which I did literally all over Highway 14. I would literally <laughs> just like walk off and go call my dad and say, the car stopped. I think it's the transmission. Get your guys to fix it. And he'd come pick me up. Except the worst time ever was when my dad gave me this really crappy car. And I think it was a Chevy. Oh, I'm Cavalier. It was a Cavalier. Oh, okay. I knew it didn't sound right when I was driving it. I was like, but I got to go get my hair did for prom, okay? And I was going to Command Performance in Grand Island, which was 22 miles away. And I got my hair done, and I am driving back to go to prom. And my car breaks down at mile 11, which is Chapman. So I have to go into the only bar, which is like, there's four dudes in there, and all of them have a prison record. So I go in, and I'm like, Hey, can I call my dad to come get me? And I, my hair is the size of a parking cone. So I have to sit in this bar. <laughs> get updo, it sounds I got a real updo, but good thing they put in so much shellac that the winds did not stop it. Like, I'm like, I'm wearing pantyhose at this point. I'm so ready for prom. So yeah. I had to have my dad come and get me. And I still wasn't that mad about it. I was kind of like, dad, you knew. Transition on this was it. bad. 
I don't understand it though. Parents were so fine. And this is pre-cell phones. They were fine with you getting stranded by the roadside. Like my brother stopped to help this girl on the highway one time. And she was like, oh, wow, it's so nice of you that you would stop to help me. He goes, no, I didn't. I wouldn't have, but I you, I thought you were my sister because she's always broken down on the side of the freeway. Like, well, highway, you call it. I know. Yeah. It makes, it's literally like the idea of like every, you know, everybody. So you can literally walk to someone's house. You open the door and I'm like, I can I call my dad? And they're like, come on, Kristen, how's your mom? Like, it's so, yeah. but that's, it's, there's good and bad to that. Now being in Los Angeles, my, my approach would be very different. And we have, you know, cell phones that we can call everybody or they don't work. And that happens too. But, uh, my dad gave me a car in high school when I wasn't driving the test drive cars. And it was a, I want to make sure I say this right. It was a 1983 Oldsmobile Delta four door diesel. Okay. And when I called my dad, Cutlass Sierra was it, uh, it, it was a Cutlass shit. (laughs) Okay. And when I called my dad three days ago, I had post-traumatic stress because I called him and I said, hey, dad, do you remember that car that you and mom made me drive in high school? You know, the one that was like 14,000 feet long, uh, super embarrassing, oh, two safe. tones of yeah. blue paint. By the way, if you've ever painted a room blue, you've probably messed it up at one point or another because blue is a very hard color to deal with. Tough. Somehow this car cornered the market on the two ugliest blues that you could match up. And they were like, put them together. <laughs> these two wrong things, one on the top and one on the bottom, and you're going to have a sweet ride. And then inside, make the interior like just a hint of teal so that you've got it. But was that a fade? Because remember, interiors used to fade to like It was a absolutely really a fade. I think it tried to match the other and didn't, did not weather well. We have, we know women that have aged well, and we know women that haven't. I love, I love all women. Mm. This car was on the side of not aging well. She'd seen a lot, I'm sure. The Oldsmobile is a woman that did not age well. She was ridden hard and put away wet. She was ridden was hard put, and, and, and parked in the sun. She parked in the sun. She didn't use <laughs> SPF. She didn't use any kind of sun protection. Not so one of those my dad, reflector things. Yeah, none of it. So my dad gives me this car and he goes, I so I called him three days ago and he he I said, what was the car? And he told me it was the the Delta four-door diesel. And then he started to reminisce about the car like it was the greatest thing he ever remembered. And I'm having complete nightmare shock attacks of what that felt like to drive that car. By the way, I was four foot two and <laughs> it looked like the steering wheel was a Ferris wheel. Like I, the, my size of my body yeah. and this proportion to the steering wheel was a joke. I, it should have been a gerbil wheel. I could have got, I, it was so big. This car was so big. And so I said, dad, that car that he goes, you know what? It was big and it was safe. That's what Dewey said two days ago. It was big and it was safe. And I want to say, well, dad, if I would have come home with a boyfriend that was like six foot four and two eighty, would you have been like, Hey, he was big and I'm sure he's safe. No, (laughs) no. That's very rudimentary physics, by the way. Just because it's like you have more crumple zone doesn't mean that it's like safe. Because some of those big ass cars, they didn't even crumple. You just like bounce around and I'm like, uh, uh, that, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you this thing, Jen, the front seat was so big that it looked like a sofa. Like if you were sitting in the front seat with me and I looked over to my right at you, you would be literally smaller 
than you've ever been. I I wouldn't even be able to know what earrings you're wearing because you're so far away. Oh yeah, that that's the Oldsmobile that I had had a bench seat, and I am that's right. I, just like is that like one like, big seat? Well, everybody got so, it's one big seat, so I had to like scoot it all the way up so that <laughs> I could touch right. and. People would get so mad. Either they'd have to ride in the back seat, or they got somebody got so mad that they just broke it, so that side wouldn't even go forward. It was always at a diagonal. I don't remember who it was, my brother or something like that. But when it was scooted all the way forward, so I could touch the pedals and the steering wheel, it was like a Maybach in the back. You could have put a rear facing seat right behind mine and like a, a table to play cards on. I'm telling it, you, I've been in the front seat when you've had to move a seat up. I've actually driven my car when you drove my car and I tried to get in the car and it was like my knees were at my earlobes. It was indecent. And I also didn't know if I was going to make it out alive. I've never had to press the reverse on a seat for literally 45 seconds to get my leg length. It's a while. It does give a workout. But you know what? My body type was made for like a two-seater, elegant, sort of small car. Yeah, but I've been in the car with you and I feel like you're one of those people that enjoy a real strong like chest situation with the steering wheel so that you can make very strong left and right turns. Yeah. Yeah. You like to, every car you have feels like you're like in Italy, like going around like hairpin turns. Whereas I'm the opposite. I like to have a lot of space. I like to have my window, my window down and my arm out, my hand. Kristen is a very casual driver. Like she really is. She's like, it takes 10 minutes to get there. I'm going to give myself 30 just in case there's some new like infrastructure they're building and that I want to check out. Or uh, if I want to like glare into somebody's car next to me and see what they're doing in there, maybe roll down the window, listen to what they're listening to. My father. I, I gotta Ugh. get, I gotta get there. I like, I like, come on, come fat. on. That's Jen. Come on, come on. But I don't speed either. I don't like to speed. I don't like to speed. I think it's like, uh, I, I don't think you on speed. On the freeway. You don't speed, speed, but you like to like get up on somebody and then get to the left and get up on somebody and go yeah. to the right. And in the car, I'm like this. I'm like, just trust her. She is, she is holding on to your life in this I car. Am, yeah. I, well, Let Jesus the- take the wheel. I I worked at um, Auto Trader for like twelve years of my life, so that which is why I know so much about cars. But I was always on the freeway because it was this outside sales job. So like, oh, it, when you're you. on the freeway a lot, you just learn to drive like pole position. And Chris would be like, oh, "Oh, there's a car in front of you. There's a car in front of you." Like doing that fake brake on the side. Like, yeah, I'm like that. I'm your driver's ed teacher, and I'm braking on your behalf. Yeah. That's what my feet are doing. And my insides are like, just trust her. Just trust her. It's hard. You're a fast driver. I'm- uh, the car that my dad gave me when I was in high school, that wonderful Delta, yeah. would not go over 28 miles per hour. What, Physically. Like, it just wouldn't? It, she wouldn't. She knew. She was in cahoots with my dad. She was. She was... <laughs> Long in the tooth by the time I got her. So she wasn't doing anything she didn't want to do. And let me tell you something about this car. This is what I have to say about this car. This car would not die. It would not die. And in fact, you could take the keys out of the car and it would stay, it would keep running. And then you would just wait. And then eventually it would turn off. Except one time my mom and I went to the mall, Conestoga Mall in Grand Island, drove my car, parked it, 
got out, locked it, took the keys out. It was still running. We were like, oh, you know what? It'll, it'll die eventually. It usually does. We came out four hours later and that sucker was still going. Can you imagine walking by this car? It's locked and running. That means that your ignition was stripped. That would have been a very easy car to steal. You could just like take the keys out and it Are would. you kidding? I used to keep the keys on the hood. I was like, take it, free car. <laughs> and then they would just, because of the good people we're, centrally. We're very suspicious that this car has full coverage. It doesn't really make sense in terms of its, I don't think this is worth $38,000 as they wrote on the insurance form. I think if you went to Dewey and, you're, and that car got him $38,000, he would have kept real tight-lipped and been like, you, you play this right, you'll get the car of your dreams. Not to say that he was a... A man against the law, but thirty-eight grand for that car. He knows that's a good sale. That I, that feels. We just would look in like the classified ads for our cars, and <laughs> it was such like as I mentioned that it cars were like the thing that my parents fought over kind of the most. So like when my brother turned sixteen, my dad bought him a car, and my mom was like, "No, nope, you can't have it," because it was from dad. They had this like. 80s divorce thing that was so contentious and it was like they would go to court like every four weeks over some new like thing like it was it was like he wasn't allowed to have it same thing happened when I got a car she was like nope it's unsafe it's a it's a manual transmission that's that's not a car for a lady that's you can't like, drive that oh my God. so the ones that they would agree on well so my brother's first car was it was maybe in the 70s Maybe 60s. I don't know. A Ford F100. What is that? Is that a truck? It is a square piece of metal with wheels on the bottom of it. It's a truck. <laughs> and it when you slam the doors, it's it sounds like you're dropping like, like an I-beam off of a You keep building. driving it's these just cars I've never heard of before. We ever heard of a Mercury Capri? Yeah, I have heard of a Mercury Capri. It's That's the poor real- man's Mustang, which my dad bought from his secretary at work. She uh, babied it, so it seemed like it was a gem. Only had seven thousand miles on it. Was eleven years old, and it uh, we called it the skin colored car because this was back before Crayola was like inclusive of other cultures. And there was that <laughs> crayon, the like peach crayon was called skin. You know, this like oh, horrible Lord. like neon peach. Mercury Capri and somebody I went to high school with had a yellow one too. And it was like, I wish I had a picture of that really, we could fit 14 people in it. And that car, the great thing about that, it was so visually upsetting. <laughs> it was very clean though. Um, but it had all these like kind of quirky things wrong with it. Like it, it started, which was great. Um, but the horn was one of those sticks like on the wheel, you know, oh, that you yeah. pushed. And it was so embarrassing that I remember we were driving by the high school and my friend Mandy was at cheerleading practice. And my brother's like, my older brother, of course, is like, I'm going to honk. I'm going to honk at her. And I was like, no, we're in the embarrassing car. No, don't honk. And so he did it just to torture me. And the horn got stuck. Oh, and no. It was like this loud blare where like all like everybody in after school activities is standing out like, what's going on? What's happening with this car? It was so bad that my brother had to rip the horn out of the um, steering column to get it to finally shut up. It was so terrible. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yep. <sighs> yeah, we're so rich, you guys. It was crazy. Well, here's the thing. I thought we were rich. I mean, growing up, I was like, we're millionaires. Why can't I have a cool car? And then it came to <laughs> I'm like, mom, you teach school. Dad, you still use cars. I know you're rolling in the dough. Like, let's throw a little of that cash my way because I think I deserve a nice car in high school. I'm such a snot and I don't care. I I do, I did. I was like, you know what? I'm super uncool. I'm super dorky. I get good grades. I'm absolutely a virgin. I'm like your <laughs> ideal kid. Like, no, I'm not like, give me a chance to be a little bit cool by getting me a cool car. And I'm not, I didn't want a Mercedes, even though that would have been so awesome. I didn't, I didn't even know what a Mercedes Gosh, was. I didn't either. But, I had no idea. Like a nice Ford Escort or a snazzy Dodge Omni, something with a little, that just is like a normal high school car would have been. Yeah. My idea of a dream car, but this boat that I drove, which ended up being the most popular car, was like a it was a nightmare on wheels. So then I vowed, I said, someday, someday when I make my own money, I'm gonna get myself my first cool car. And I did, and it felt like, and still to this day, I don't think there would be any day that I loved more than that day that I bought my you bought that. It's such a huge deal. It's such a huge deal. Honda's a very smart purchase and a cool purchase too. Thank you. But you got a Volkswagen Beetle. And what's funny is you and I did exactly the same thing. We were both, you know, in our young twenties and we both had to pay it every month ourselves. Oh yeah. And we both leased, Yeah, which is crazy. But I do think there's something so important and so profound about, and maybe I don't, I don't look, I don't want to say that I'm like gender stereotyping, but I do think that uh, it's really cool when you're a chick or a woman, whatever you call yourself, uh, abroad, you buy your first car. Abroad is what I refer to you as. Uh, <laughs> you buy you that first car and it feels like there will never be a moment like that because that car is going to be the coolest thing you've ever owned in your life. And it doesn't matter if it's a Dodge Omni or if it's a Honda Civic EX Coupe with a spoiler, Hunter Green. What's up? I, d- I think it's a really big deal because you could literally live in your car if you had to. And you're like oh, I paying have. for it. <laughs> I hope that's not true. I mean, not for long periods of time, but I, my Civic, I drove, drove, I ended up buying it, which is terrible business to like lease it and then buy it. So I paid on that car for like 18 years, but, um, (laughs) my butt was in that seat for so many hours. There were two worn off white marks on the seat from where my ass had been in that car. Cause I was a PA in Los Angeles, which means I was a production assistant, which means I was literally the gopher for everything. And I was in my car for nine hours at a time. I would fold my laundry in my car. Oh my gosh. While driving. I don't think I ever had a car that long because I would because I worked with car dealers, so I'd always get a new car. I but I've had like 25 cars in my life. Yeah, you went through cars. You went through a lot of cars before, oh. during, and after. And since I've known you, you always get a different car. I do. I get really bored with cars. And even I was excited to get the minivan. 
when I got the minivan because I said no like, one ever said no. But I did say that. I did say that. I was really excited because I was like, oh, this has power doors and like this is going to be easier to like get the kids in and out of like because when we first got it, Delilah was still in a car seat and Dash was in like a convert. What do you call it? Yeah, convert- you had those. Bi- I know. And it was very practical. I remember thinking like giving you shit about it, but then being like, hey, there's something to this. It's like Not really bad. easy. It's super easy. You can fit like families in town. You can all take one car to the restaurant. It's whatever. awesome. Now I'm going to drive it off a cliff. Like it is no, I look at people when I make eye contact and I feel like they're like, mm, can't take her seriously. She is. Well, you've also, that car has seen, it has seen battle and it has, um, it, it's, 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 spent time with you in a way that what she's saying is I'm a bad driver. Okay. I hit a lot of curbs. Okay. And that's why I tell my husband, he's like, why is the, the front left fender, like all the paint scratched off it. I'm like, well, it's a huge vehicle to parallel park. And he's like, are you parking only on one way streets? There's no reason (laughs) that that part of the car would ever be scratched and it is beat to shit. And what if you have to park in like a parking garage, like it's impossible to not hit something. That's what I'm saying. And you're up on that steering wheel and it's like, uh, turn left, uh, turn right. It's like you or you've got the A team in the back or something. Like I've never, that car has been handled in a way that I don't. I think that van has proven itself to you on, on in several ways to being an extraordinary car. I just think that it has you. Now your kids are big enough that you don't need a minivan. I mean, you always can use a minivan, but I think at this point, if you wanted a different kind of car, you could get a different kind of car. I absolutely want another car. Colin got his new car, but you have been in analysis paralysis. In terms of getting a new car, because you've been in analysis paralysis about purchasing a car, which you deserve a new car because you want one and you've had the same one for a long time. Thank you. But I don't know if you know this, but sometimes torturing yourself and making everyone listen to your woes is better than actually solving the problem. Sometimes (laughs) just torturing myself with the fact that I have this 11-year-old car has now become such a talking point for me that I'm sure I'm a good time at parties. I'm like, well, let me tell you about how I need a new car. Champagne problems, y'all. Like a new car. And let me bore you to death with the fact that I can't pull the trigger on a car. But here's what I can do. See, the thing is I wanted my husband to get a new car because I was like, I don't want to um, drive this ever in public, this car that you've ruined. <laughs> Would you, you just when wanted you to like save husband, yourself from that possibility. You were like, I let's just take it didn't off the feel table. Like, like, yeah, we go to a valet and I feel like the valet guy's like, what did I do wrong? You know, like <laughs> I, I, I not getting a and tip. It's, again, that. it's not the car. A RAV4 Toyota, you can run, you can drive that thing for 400,000 miles and never have a problem. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But I would just like to say, it's not the car. It's my husband. Already my husband has 40 things in this new console. It's it's already happening. What are the kind of things that he even like keeps in there? I'm so curious. I'm not. It's a lot of tools, weird stuff. I don't need to know. Let him have his space. At least it's a nice space now. It's like an upgrade. You know what it's my like husband- not an efficiency apartment. It's like a one bedroom. My, so basically like 
my car, quote unquote, and it's not even like we have a a four door car and then we have the minivan that my husband and I both drive, but it's basically the kid's car. Like anytime the kids are coming with us, they get in the minivan. And my husband has this like multi-purpose, multiple-sized Allen wrench tool in the console of the car. And I'm like, are you going to put together Ikea furniture in here? I don't know. (laughs) Truth is, nobody really needs a nice car. You need a reliable car. But obviously, you're going to get your kids a reliable car. Yeah, but I'm also – let's be clear. Just because I had a shitty car in high school – doesn't mean that I'm going to buy them a cool car when they're in high school. I'm going to, I'm going to buy them an embarrassing car because why do they deserve a cool car? Yeah. The good point. If I can't have one, there's no reason that they should have, but you know, I, I can see dash asking for like a Mercedes. God, I can see no. he would, he's ballsy enough. He would do it too. He's like, I did all the research. This is the car. However, Delilah with clothes, Like, I can get her, like, really cute, like, an outfit from, like, Rockets of Awesome or something. And whatever I paid for for that was, like, two bucks off Walmart clearance rack is all she wants to wear. So I think she's going to be happy if I get her, like, a Dodge Dart with, like – And you know what? But kids, like – I agree. We we put this on Instagram. We said, like, what was your first car? And, like, how do you feel about, like, what kids' cars should be when they're in high school? Here's a good thing. My parents are not listening to this because they can't figure out podcasts. Uh, but I do believe that, like, it's weird how great it was to have a shitty car in high school. Like, there's some weird thing that goes back to that that goes, hey, man, you were just ha- happy to have something that got you from A to B. You were happy to go – you, I remember like my friend Trina and I putting our money together and we were like, we have $2 and 75 cents. That's one, that's a gallon or two gallons of diesel and we can cruise all night. And that, oh yeah, it was so easy and joyful. And like, I, I feel weird when people buy their kids like these extravagant cars. I think you, by the way, like, I want to know that my starting place has a starting place and, and, and moves up. You know what I mean? Right. Like a shitty car in high school is like a badge of honor. Now, do I think that kids from our, like our kids, will they have shitty cars? I don't think so. Cause a Honda will last for 20 years. That's, I'm not going to get them shitty cars, but I'm, I'm going to get them a reliable car, but it, I don't think it needs to be cool whatsoever. Like, I think it needs to be like, I think there's a a version, but I think there's a version of a cool, uncool car. I think there is like, if Miley Cyrus drove a gremlin, gremlins would be the coolest shit on the block. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there is a version of an uncool, cool car that you can get your kids that isn't embarrassing. Cause that, that's the part that was hard for me. Cause it was like, I didn't want anything extravagant. I just didn't want anything embarrassing. Cause I was already embarrassing enough. Like we know I was president of the clown troop. I was coming in under yeah. four foot five. I hadn't started my period until I was 17. Like who knows? But <laughs> I'm just saying there were a couple factors that a cool car would have helped. But I think my version of a cool car is somebody else's version of a of a dump. <laughs> you know we I mean? had we had the same kind of car and I thought it was super cool. We both had Mini Coopers. And oh, at the same before time, we were like friends. Real even, yeah. Total dorks, but we were like I have a Mini Cooper. I have a Mini Cooper. What color is yours? Red? What color is yours? Blue? Green tea? 
Yeah. I drove my Mini Cooper. I That was such a wonderful time in my life because I had been working. I, I was an adult. I, it was my second car that I bought myself. My first was my Honda that I had. The Honda was years. 23 years old, so she had to retire it and get it. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'd been driving my car for 45 years. Just kidding. And uh, I, I got that Mini Cooper and I had it for one year and then I met my husband. And you know how this story goes. Like I met him and then 18 hours later I was pregnant. Yeah. Not saying – I put out fast, but I was in my 30s and I put out fast. There so was a timeline. Uh, yeah. It was there was a timeline here. So I had my cool Mini Cooper. And I remember my husband going, Your car is so small. And I'm like, Yeah, but you look big in it. And then he was like, Let's drive your car. Mostly because he drove like this vintage Mercedes 3000 D or 300 D. The diesel. Yeah. That I thought looked cool on the outside. And then I got in and I was like, It smells like rain. And <laughs> And I remember thinking, oh, this is cool. Car, it smells bad in here. I'm going to roll down the window. Well, but it doesn't roll down. And oh, I'm going to put my seatbelt oh, on, but it didn't click. That's so like, oh, and old school, like opening windows were better than the hand crank, but then they wouldn't open sometimes. Right. I had but a you jerks, like you and all my friends that got in that car, you were like, this car is so cool. And I'm like, it's really not. It's like cool <laughs> on the outside and not cool or safe. And we brought home our son in it, but I was like, this car's got to go. Then we got the RAV4 cut to 10 years later. We still have the RAV4. I know that. I'm that looking Mercedes- at the RAV4. That diesel Mercedes is just only had lap belts in the back. It was so old. It was like it, was, it didn't even have the cross like ones. It it was so old that it had only lap belts and then it had horses in front of it. That's how old <laughs> this car was. And I'll tell you, like I loved my husband's car. He was he's still it's literally something that comes up in our marriage counseling is I made him get rid of this car. I stand by it. I let him be upset about it and work his shit out, but I really don't care. But when you had to had get rid of your Cooper, car too. Cause you can't do a car seat and a mini. No, Cooper. I had my mini Cooper for one year. And I'm telling you when you were, when I was single, I worked really hard. You worked really hard. You get this cool car. You're like, this is the coolest thing. And then, um, well, we got engaged 14 seconds after we met. And yeah. as you know, you and Brett took us to have champagne. And then a few hours later after the buzz was off and we could safely drive my Mini Cooper to Palm Springs to a wedding. We did, except my husband drove and the, we- and the champagne was... The buzz was off of Colin, but right. it was heavily on you still. Right. You- so that's why I was You were like, still vibrating. I mean, head to toe. I had a diamond on my finger. I was like, this shit is happening. So we went to Caro's parking lot. I was like, let's pull over and get funky, okay? So we went into a Caro's parking lot and I remember thinking like, fuck this is hard in here like it's tr- like just the physics of it alone being in the front seat of a mini yeah, cooper trying Colin to do is it a tall man he's a tall man he's a big man so we pulled the seat back i don't want to get into it but i'm just gonna say that the fact that i conceived is against gravity and physics i mean that sperm had to do a hairpin turn <laughs> It was like it was like a you know like an you obstacle were both course a lot around more at that point too. I if I recall, it had a moonroof. You could have stuck your head out of it. I I think that would have been better than actually pulling the muscle in my neck. Which I, so you know we, I'm going to tell I, you how I picture it. And I 
Jen, tell me how you picture me and my All husband right. having sex in Conceiving Finn is um, the the gear shift on the floor is in Colin's butt. <laughs> He's facing the back. You're out of the moonroof. Colin's feet are out of it because the tailgate would lay down if you lift it. I feel like that had to happen. Wrong. He's in the driver's seat. I okay. think I'm going to be sexy and- Honk the horn with your butt a whole exactly. <laughs> so my <laughs> so my head is hitting the sunroof at a ninety degree angle, and you know I'm not one for skirts, so I only have my pants around one ankle. I'm just saying, when I tell my son how he was conceived, it will be a glorious, romantic, very real reminder of why one needs to be safe. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But it was such a good, so when my son was born and he weighed 1000 pounds and I tried, <laughs> I tried to put him in the back he of that as mini Cooper. He weighed as much as that mini Cooper, I swear. I swear, I, I, I've never made money on a car before, but I didn't want to sell it because I loved it so much. But when I put, when I tried to put Finn in the back and the, and the baby carrier, he was falling forward because I had him strapped in. I was like, well, this isn't going to work. And I remember feeling like, Oh man, this is the end of an era. This is the end of an era. Uh, and I had that car for like maybe two years and it was awesome. And now, so that's why cars are important is because they, they like kind of, you remember where they, you are in your life exactly. when you have them, you know, like yeah. you remember your car when you're 16 and literally my hands, well, this isn't you, Jen, but my hands, when I think about my car, when I was 16, my hands are higher. Because I was me. literally four foot two. And then when I think about my first Honda Civic, I remember being like, I'm going to be okay. I put something on payments. I'm an adult. And then my yeah. Mini Cooper, I was like, this is what happens when you have unsafe sex. Well, then you have a happy life. And there's, there's Finn Sweeney. <laughs> well, no, not after you get married. That's nobody's got the dexterity or energy for that anymore. Um, uh, but I do think that, like, that's true. Like, our Aspen station wagon defined my like childhood, like my parents' divorce. That's why I hate that car. Like, I would take a bat to one if I saw it. But that, like, it also, there's this. Whenever I see a guy driving like a 91 convertible Corvette, you know, with personalized plates in Los Angeles, I'm like, honey, let it go. That's over. Like, it's over for that. All that's over, guy. Let's give that a Viking funeral. Like, Oh, man. <laughs> I remember my dad went through that time. I'm speaking too loosely, but let it happen. <laughs> I'm going to let it happen. Here we go. Drink, drink, drink. I didn't even write about this, but I'm going to talk about it. Oh. Dewey was a vet man for a while. Oh. Dewey. <laughs> I love the long question. It's wonderful. Dewey hit 40 and 40 hit Dewey. <laughs> and Dewey was a dad, like coaching teams, living large. And all of a sudden, Dewey was not happy. And I remember being like, why are you jump roping all the time? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and <laughs> your shorts are so short, Dad. Like, why are you wearing? <laughs> why are you wearing a leather blazer? So oh he he started jump roping all the time. And then he was wearing like a leather blazer, and I remember he brought home a. God, uh, your mom's leather not a Corvette. What's not a Corvette? A Fiero. It's a no, Camaro. He didn't come out of the it's closet. A, <laughs> a Miata <laughs> and a Martini. Not a Miata. A, a, a Camaro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, two weeks ago we had a Suburban. Like, what gives? And I just remember he like changed for it what it what feels like a weekend i think my mother would tell you was a year of him like going through this massive like uh crisis midlife crisis like by the book he was going through a midlife crisis and my mom's foxy and blonde and blue-eyed and 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 uh you know it's a fun time at a bar and she's so charismatic and uh i think that my dad was like, well, you know, if if other women aren't checking you out, then do you even exist? And I can understand. I didn't forever understand why he would ever go through something like that. And then I realized, like, women go through the same thing. Yeah. Like, we all go through that same thing where you start to see your face change and your body change. And you want you, – you, you see – youth wasted on the young you're like oh my god your skin like if i could bottle it i would you know like whatever that is but my dad was going through that and i remember observing it so profoundly and i'm sure my mom went through the same thing and you know what she did nothing she just went through it so i don't know if this is a uh me saying my my dad is the right one and my mom is the right right one i don't that's not the conversation but i just remember being like dad you seem so fucking weird right now like what is with the hair being like combed back with gel all of a sudden okay i've never thought of it that way and i think that's generous and kind of you because i am sometimes hard on a guy who's like look and partly it's because I'm like, you do get to age gracefully, dude. Like you don't have to act or look young anymore and you still get like respect and you're still attractive. But women, like the $60,000 that a guy would spend on a Corvette, if I could slide that through our checking account without my husband realizing all on body treatments and surgeries yes. so that I, I absolutely would. So now I get it. It's I honestly do. I think that women and men go through it at the same time. I think that it's the first time. And again, I'm going to make this point and I'm not a gender hater, but I would just like to say men all of a sudden say, oh, my wiener's broken. And we have four different kinds of erectile dysfunction commercials that are like, oh, if you want to have a night of endless love in a bathtub looking out looking out in the ocean then take this pill and your wiener will get hard and yet women like we're still not talking about menopause we're still not talking about that stuff it feels scary and weird and oh like i don't want to talk about that because that might make me old or weird or however crypt keeper or but like you do is it's weird if with age your vagina grew shut there'd be one million drugs that there would, would fix be it. million drugs. Every and, scientist in the world would be trying to fix that. Yeah. Or if like. <laughs> what? Yes, you can. Say it. We'll edit it out. Don't I'm worry. I'm just saying like if 
if the young girls actually looked at the old guys like they should, if I don't believe like a 25 year old girl should ever be with like a 55, 60 year old dude. I just think that that's a, you can tell me all day long that that's like, we just literally and genuinely fell in love. And I'm like, bullshit, there's more to it. Maybe one in a million. I try to be romantic, but I'm like, you're right. If like vaginas seared up after a certain age and those were the only vaginas, the penises of that age were allowed to get to, there would be a pill every yes. corner of the block. There would be I've got very bad news. My what? vagina seared shut. My vagina seared shut? Mine did. <laughs> Mine has. Let me tell you something. I heard on quarantine that people are running out of condoms, and I'm like, what, what? school project are you guys working with? Cause are these single people? Because my husband and I like try not to touch each other in the hallway because we're so mad at each other by the way we <laughs> load the dishwasher. We're like, oh, I remember. I recognize you. You're the jack that left 15 pair of shoes by the back door. Our kids are now saying this. Oh, boy, here we go again. What That's that what's mean? happening with our conversations. I know what Britt was doing. I know he fit. Okay, here's <laughs> he's, here's he what we're going to talk about right now. Is doing the, jumps and holding up signs because he. I know. Let's talk gonna, about it because this is car related. Okay, let me explain something. This is very related to cars. I am a very safe driver. Yeah, probably too safe. I have been safe. known. To call like the when police. you when you rear end somebody and they're like, did the driver in front of you stop short for no reason? <laughs> Kristen does that. She does that thing. I also am. I, I've been known to in some situations see a car going too fast. I tail them. I call the police department. I say I've got eyes on suspect. Read the plate. And they say, are you following that person right now? And I say, I absolutely am. And the police say very specifically, stop. Yeah, don't do that. And I say, I can't. I'm a, I I got eyes on him. And I don't know why you guys don't have your, your birds out here right now. And they say, you have to stop following him. I don't know why. So I... And might I add, she takes stop following them as you're going 65 slam on the brakes no matter who's behind you. Okay, keep going. Right. Right. So I'm just saying that I do feel this like incredible responsibility when I see people misbehaving. Oh, Wait. no, we're talking about how the lanes, how you get oh. mad when Colin drives in the right lane. By the way, BT dubs, it doesn't bother me because I understand quirks. I'm not a quirk shamer. You know, I've got them. I've got a ton of them. My husband is like appalled, appalled. Okay. But I'm going to tell you this. And by the way, I understand Brit's appalled at this because I've heard him girl laugh at this one million times. But I would just like to say, in Los he just Angeles, can't believe that it, it, like of all the things that can bother you, that that's the thing. Jen, there's a million small things that can bother me that nobody <laughs> gives a shit about. That is the glory of being married to me. You signed up, man. You nailed me in a Mini Cooper. You knew what I, you know. I'm sorry you, you were duped. I'll tell you what my husband says. Let me tell you. You finish. You finish though. Here's why, the problem. Tell, say why it's bothering you. I'm going I think to it's legit. Okay. There's nothing more infuriating. And in fact, I thought this 17 hours ago. When you are on a Los Angeles freeway, it is very busy. People take on ramp on ramps all the time to the freeway. 
You should not be in the right lane if you are not exiting the freeway. Get a couple lanes over. Let that person merge with ease. Oh, no. My husband's like, I'm going to spend 14 miles in this right lane so the people that merge have to like slow down or speed up. It's like it's like he's the reason people have driver's ed. So like he's they're like coming on out onto the right lane. I'm like, just move over two lanes. This started a decade ago. Hey, babe, can you move over a couple of lanes? Hey, can you move over a couple? Hey, can you just move over a couple? And now I'm like, why do you insist on driving in the right lane? And now he just drives in the right lane to piss me off. And we have talked about this several times in therapy. Well, my my husband, I love him very much, but he gets so concerned about other drivers that he perceives as dangerous and not paying attention that he literally stops paying attention. All he's doing is he is so focused on, he's like, look at that. Look at that car up there. It looks like a chips episode. What is, who, who the hell hauls around a mattress on the top of their Fiat? What He gets so worried about it that that's all he's looked at. He's missed our exit. He's going 98 trying to keep up with the car. He's all he's I'm like, he missed his calling and not being a California highway patrolman because it is his sole focus when he is driving is who might make a a sketchy lane change without signaling. I'm with you, except my husband misses exits because he's telling me that the importance of gerrymandering, like I'm like. (laughs) So I don't, he's like, oh, the electoral, the electoral college is so screwed up. We should, I'm like, but he's not wrong. He's not, you've wrong. just added 30 minutes to our drive because you've been talking so much to yourself yeah. that I just happened to be in the car with you. <laughs> this is what our marriage counselor said to us. He's like talking to us about how to communicate. By the way, I would like to just tell you this. Why be in one, the right lane? No, 1,000%. When people are merging. Kristen, I'll tell you this. Every time I'm in the right lane, I go, do I have a reason to be here? Because I know now that other people think about this thing that I don't. The only reason I would ever be in the right lane, because it's the slow lane, I like the fast lane, is if I see like up ahead, I'm going to be able to pass more easily. But still, I I don't want to make it hard for people merging. I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. But Colin's like, it's just, it's just tells you about his personality, it, it, which is, I feel like sometimes a little bit what I have to deal with, which is like, hey, I've got these very strong ideals and these very strong values, except for when it's inconvenient. And I'm like, but <laughs> he's why, so American. Why philosophically? Why be in the right lane when you know? People just need to merge and maybe they're taking driver's head or maybe they're not paying attention. You're putting yourself in so much unnecessary harm in the merge lane. Go to the left, get in the fast lane, get invested in life. Go to the fucking left, man. Well, that's, that's what sucks about marriage is you will like let go of a logical uh, way that you've been doing something your whole life if it suits the other person. I like, don't, you say you will because I don't know. Because I like – I hold on to those things. Like I – when you pop off the top of a bottle of beer, where do you think that top goes? It right. goes on the floor. So if you put a 
bottle top popper near the garage fridge and you pop a bottle of beer, have a container underneath that bottle popper. So the bottle of beer top goes in that, but not my husband. He's like, let that shit fly. Let's let it go all over the garage floor. That's the shit I'm dealing with. Okay. I was so scared. That was an analogy that your um, marriage counselor gave you. And I was like, (laughs) you have got to stop wasting the money on this guy. He's... (laughs) He's awesome. He's awesome. He's so awesome. And you know me. I'm like somebody that's like, "Ah, okay, I'm doing this thing I didn't know I'd like. So now I'm into it. So you should go to him. So now I've got all these friends that that are going to him. And then I say to him, how are things going? And he's like, I can't talk about that. And I'm like, (laughs) come on, give me some juicy details. Kristen, what I'm scared, I don't want this to be the takeaway because I think you and Colin are doing a great job despite the quarantine. I don't want a 97 RAV4 to be what reminiscent of your divorce. I want Jen, you guys to power through. That's where you're wrong. And I want to solve your, I want to put your worries at a rest. It's not a 97, it's a 2007. Oh, thank God. That really does change things in my I, I head. I was to, like, I want to ch- change MFR. He- <laughs> and by the way, I don't want you to worry that the 2007 has gone away and therefore our marriage is different because the 2007 is sitting in her fucking driveway yeah. because he didn't get a big enough trade on it. So I would just like to know, how are we going to test drive in a quarantine? It doesn't matter. The truth is, is and this is as vulnerable as I'll get right now is that my husband works his bananas off and he deserved and needs a new car. Mm. And I'm so happy that he has this new truck. It like, it's a weird thing. You know how it is, Jen, like in Nebraska, like trucks are like such a part of our DNA. It really is. It's like, everybody's got a different, unique truck. Everybody's yeah. got a truck, even in, when you're living in a city, like it's, you're, you're, you're 30 minutes from a drive to a farm. So like, you know what that life is like. And also if you're celebrating the Huskers and you're in a parking lot and you pull that tailgate down and you're like, it's such an incredibly wonderful memory. Like every time that tailgate goes down, I'm thinking of my dad. I'm thinking of Husker games. I'm thinking of living in Nebraska. I'm thinking of like summer nights. And like, it's such a wonderful thing. It's not about the car. It's about my husband and he deserves it and he's worth it. And it's, I'm it's really very cool. happy that he got it. Cause he does deserve it. And look, it was a better decision than a leather blazer. Thank you. And we're going to bang in it. We haven't yet. I know you will. will. And I'm surprised I'm you pill, haven't. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but if I end up knocked up, Jen, I'm going to punch you in the throat. I'm going to need someone to like blame. Because you know what? Like it, it, it defies physics. So you know. I need to know, does that have a rear slider? And like, is it a quad cab or is it extended? Because I need to know where Colin's legs are to picture this appropriately. <laughs> If you know all those answers, we are too close. Yeah. We never banged in the RAV4, by the way, in the RAV4 because we're decent people. That. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm not can't doing that now that. either, sir. Thank you. For you know what? Talk. Send it off in style, Kristen. I'm not doing that. That RAV4 deserves better. <laughs>
That Mini Cooper now just belongs to some 20-year-old at UCLA. God love you, but the rest Somebody of the is been a banging cooper. the wheels off that car right now. <laughs> All right. So I think, Jen, I think we're at the end of our podcast. I know. We're going to do a whole lot more of these every single week. It's going to be great. And I'm so excited. I wish you were sitting next to me, but if- I know. We will. If, soon. If that can't be the deal, then- I'm happy this is happening at all. You can find us on all of the places that podcasts are available and also on YouTube and on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at a mom so hard podcast. There's no way to not find us as long as you search us. <laughs> if you look up my mom so hard, we're everywhere. We are we're everywhere. Not mom. We are so the hard herpes of station wagons. We are the we are. herpes of social media. <laughs> What? <laughs> Not mom so hard. It's I mom so hard. Hashtag I mom I so hard. Mom so hard. Or the car that somebody said looked like the same color as baby poop, which I literally knew exactly what they meant. Or our friend Renee, who referred to her car as a dump that she loved, which is perfect. There was also another mom who said she bought a car for $1 at an auction and she drove it for six weeks and then it died in the middle of the freeway and she left it. She's like, I got it for a buck. A dollar. Good night.